Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Iraqi Voices. This is Mohammed Al-Wali. Iraqi Voices is a podcast that showcases authentic perspectives and insights about current developments in Iraq. Iraqi Voices is produced by 1001 Iraqi Thoughts. Banks are an integral part of any economy and can play a positive role in increasing social mobility in communities. However, in Iraq, one of the few remaining cash-based economies in the world, there are plenty of opportunities to develop the banking system. With over 70 banks in operation and a growing appetite for e-commerce amongst Iraq's youth, this is a critical sector to discuss. In this episode, I will be joined by Aqil Ansari, an expert in banking, to talk about Iraq's banking sector and the challenges and opportunities it faces. Welcome, Aqil. Thank you very much. Thanks for the opportunity. Let's start with a quick background on banking in Iraq. Iraq's largest banks, Rafidain, Rashid, and the Trade Bank of Iraq, are all state-run and continue to dominate the banking sector. Recently, however, there has been a proliferation of private banks, particularly after 2003. Aqil, what can you tell us about the recent developments of banks in Iraq and the dynamic between state and private banks? Um, pre-2003, as you mentioned, all the banks in, in Iraq, the large six banks, including Rashid Rafidain, they wasn't providing any banking services. Uh, all what they were doing is providing uh, the state programs. Uh, Post-2003, it, it was a great opportunity for all the banks in Iraq uh, to develop. Um, in the last three, four years, we've seen a huge developments in, in the banking industry, mainly what, what is known as Al-Dawteen, which is encouraging the approach for all staff or employ- state-employed companies to have their uh, salaries being paid into their accounts. So that that program added nearly 2.5 million new bank accounts, so encouraging people to open a bank account. We've seen uh, numbers of banks, including uh, Rafidin Rashid and the private sectors, which has also uh, played a crucial part, providing banking facility. Yes, it's not up to the standards what we expected, but at least much better than what it was. Uh, also, personal personal mortgages. We, we've seen plenty of uh, uh, programs and plenty of developments and properties such as Basmaya, uh, Rafidin Rashid and other banks took part of it where, where they're providing a personal mortgage, which wasn't available uh, to, to, to the public. So previously was less than 5% of the Iraqi population having a bank account. Now is nearly about 42%. That's, that's a great development. Yes, is it, what much way to go, but um, it, we are in the right directions. Thank you. Um, one of the less discussed consequences of the sanctions era is that Iraq was prevented from taking part in the digital boom in the 90s. And in your opinion, how much damage has this caused to Iraq and in particular to the banking sector? Actually, it's, it's a huge damage for uh, different levels. Not only the sanctions on Iraq, the, the all other things, um, including the availability of the facilities and the services in Iraq. Um, obviously, Iraq wasn't part of the global banking system, such as the SWIFT system or companies like Visa Card or MasterCard or um, uh, other institutions. What that did actually for the last 25 years, Iraq behind the rest of the world. So prevented the culture uh, developing the ideas of using the card. So if I compare Iraq to uh, a country like Sweden, for example, Sweden now a nearly cashless society, but Iraq, because they haven't uh, nearly 25 years behind the rest of the world because of the sanctions on Iraq and other issues is uh, preventing them from using it. So we don't have the banking facilities cultures in in the society thank you for the summary 
And following on your points, uh, can you explain to us why Iraq after 2003 has still been so slow in digitizing its economy? Um, as you know, cash-based transactions creates many opportunities for corruption, and uh, Iraq is known actually to suffer from this. And when it comes to corruption, how could a better banking sector prevent actually um, corruption? The best way for corruptions is cash. And um, when uh, when you are outside the banking system, no one will be able to monitor where's the money, the flow of the cash. Where, where is Iraq and why is it behind is actually for a variety of different of reasons, including the cultures. Uh, secondly, the technology is not available in Iraq. Iraq was suffering of sanctions, suffering of so many other things that wasn't available uh, to them, suffering from partnering with, with larger bank. Those larger bank normally comes in with their technology, with their expertise. We haven't seen this coming into Iraq. Yes, we've seen some some banks entered Iraq in 2003, 4 and 5, but they already left in 2013, 14 for a variety of different reasons, including security and including not making profit. End of the day, those international banks there to make a profit. So what I'm trying to link here is the technology wasn't being transferred to Iraq. The way to transfer technology into the banking industry, you need expert bankers. Uh, that's the banks comes and play their part. When an international banks enter a market, they comes with their technology and that technology will have spilled over to, to the rest of the industry. So the industry itself wasn't being developed accordingly. So that, that's because of prohibited of using technology, um, sanctions, Iraq becoming high risk and many other uh, consequences. The, the most important things why not international banks entering Iraq is uh, the corruptions. Um, we want to fight the corruptions uh, through banking system, but we don't have the technology because of corruptions. <laughs> so what we really need to do is is um, having a build-up system connecting all the banking system together. We need to have banks themselves. For 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 example, Rafidain, their branches is not connecting to each other. So if you if you bank in one branch, let's say in Baghdad, uh, the the branch in Basra wouldn't know what the individual is doing. Uh, therefore, if individual, um, let's say uh, money launderer or corrupted individual, bank money in in in, in Ravidain, uh, Basra branch, Ravidain Baghdad, we didn't know about it. But also, they might have another account in a different bank, whether it's a private or another state-owned banks. So, what we really need to do is links all the banks together. That will fight the corruptions, fight the money laundering, because we have we will have a system. Uh, a transaction monitoring system. Uh, we will know who's the owner of this f funds. We would find out where's the source of forth coming from. Also, you can simply identify uh, the corruptions by if if an individual or of office holder earning, let's say, five million dinar a month. Out of sudden, you check his account. He got fifty million dinar in his account. That's where the bank comes and play the part of asking where's this money come from. So based on what I understand from what you said, um, there are like basically three main issues. Um, there's the trust between a customer and the bank. And then there is also the old technology that is still being used in the banking sector in Iraq. And of course, there's a problem with human capital. But going back to Iraq's youth with an average age of 21, and with a growing appetite for economic advancement and integration with the rest of the world, we have at the same time also... Iraq's inability to develop the, the private sector and make it large enough to absorb youth energies and talents. In your opinion, um, will one of the positive consequences of a youth bulge 
the pressure to develop the private sector and digitize Iraq's banking infrastructure? Yeah, definitely. A step back. So normally how the banks or any any business develops is by seeking feedback from their clients or asking their clients what they want. So they developed a service or product. So clearly in the in that youth demographic of, of Iraq, those youngsters, what I've noticed is age between 18 to 25, they are more digitizing themselves and they are more into technology and they've seen the benefit of it. So they went back to their banks and asking them to develop a product. Um, I've seen numbers of people asking like, why can I use PayPal? Uh, just because I'm, I'm a freelancer, I write an article or I do something or I develop a program, but I can't get my money. Well, how can we approach all the youngsters? We need to start two things. Exactly like Tautina programs for the, the state-employed uh, individual, we need to go back to school teaching the youngsters about managing their finance, managing their money, and giving them the opportunity to open a bank account. So at age of, um, I don't know, uh, maybe 13 or maybe 16, they, while they are still in high school, they can open a bank account. When they go to your universities, they can have their uh, own bank account and they can use it. And these accounts are links. Iraq is quite good in into that as well. We, we do have the program of IBN, uh, the International Bank Numbers, which is uh, um, uh, my understanding and my belief is, is in all the banks in Iraq now, they're providing the IBN numbers. That's need to be developed better. Um, also, I think the responsibility of developing the industry, what I've seen like is, is a huge gap between some banks and, and uh, for example, like TBI is, is, is very good in technology, Iraq state banks. They do have all the technology. I know it's only been built or established in 2004. This bank's got the technology is being linked to large international banks. They can communicate with the other banks. They can use the SWIFT systems and they can transfer and receive international international funds. But a brother bank or sister bank, a Rafidin can't do that. So how can we get the industry together and develop the industry of, of the banking industry and providing those facilities? Also, you're adding, uh, I don't know, 500,000 uh, new bank account a year from those people who go to university. You mentioned Iraq's universities a lot, and I wanted to ask you what Iraqi universities could do better in order to prepare Iraq's young and modern uh, bankers and grow the culture of banking in Iraq, since uh, very few Iraqis have bank accounts. The banks need new, uh, smart, talented individuals. Where do you get them from? From the university. So the banks will need to develop those. They become their staff end of the day. Then what the bank and the university can work into providing a training so the the university themselves they can partner with a bank and trying to do a free lectures where they can get a bankers explain how they can start similar to a startup programs that we, we've seen in iraq so they can talk about starting up their business they can work with them and then also they can work in, in mentoring them my last question to you Akhil, is um how, what should iraqi banks do better what should they do in order to develop as we started, Iraq came from a very, very long journey and developed um, hugely. So, but what we really need to do and continue with that is in investing in technology, investing in a, in a human capital in in the people uh, through the universities and through the, uh, the the society, partnering with international banks, with even uh, domestic banks uh, working together, uh, partnering with uh, with the society such as university colleges and schools, and uh, working back with the society. 
Thank you very much. There's definitely a huge lost opportunity by having a weak banking sector and uh, for Iraq's economy to develop, the issues in the banking sector must be addressed. Thank you for joining us today. Subscribe to Iraqi Voices on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify and get notified about new episodes. Stay tuned.